0: Hello. Hi. <laughs>
1: Hope everyone is enjoying our new music. <laughs> right? It's brought to us by Amanda Lepore. Personal friend of the podcast, Amanda lapore Well, have you ever met Amanda? No. What? How, okay what? i I have twice. Oh, why? That's why I suggested her music. <laughs> oh. Just from like the drag race girls and stuff. She's oh. like always there. To be totally honest, I've never been like. Hi, my name is Robert. I'm a Pisces, and I'm from Maryland. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I've been like around her, and we've exchanged like one or two words. Uh, So I I wouldn't say we're having tea anytime soon.
0: So it's been a week. Um...
1: (laughs) It, (laughs) yep, that's a way to put it.
0: It's, it honestly, it hasn't been a week. It's been a day.
1: (sighs) Oh my gosh, I forgot we're we're starting there. Yeah. I'm already like that was three years ago.
0: It was literally yesterday and it was it feels like it was the entire week,
1: but it was literally maybe eight hours. (laughs) It felt like it took all day and then also felt like five minutes. I guess we should also explain what we mean. Some of you already know about this because you very kindly sent us
0: the video as soon as it was posted. Like it was posted at, you know, 5 a.m. or whatever.
1: And I woke up to texts and tweets and DMs about it. So, here's like the basics of, of what happened. So, a couple of listeners were very wonderful and they sent us a TikTok by a TikToker who is not like famous or viral or anything like that. So, I'm not going to name them. And they had posted two TikToks about the, you know, Leah Michelle theory. <laughs> they copied our entire presentation and created a PowerPoint presentation on it. And then they also miscredited the original people who started the theory. AKA um, us. Yeah. <laughs> Which set us off for a couple of reasons. And I think, and we've talked about it endlessly, but I do think that somebody was asking us in the comments of the TikTok, uh, a question that actually took me a minute to answer. And I, I kind of want to clear that up for everybody if that's okay. Yeah. Okay, So the, so someone in the credit, in the comments of the video was asking if we were more upset that we were wrongfully credited or if we were more upset that the video was posted at all, like if we had been properly credited in video, if that would have made us happier or if we were just mad that it existed at all. And you know what? I sat there and had to think about it. And here's here's where at least I land. I we uh, you and I worked very hard to kind of scrub the Internet as much as possible of the Lee Michelle theory after everything kind of took a turn, which we've talked about in seasons of the podcast. I'm never going to say that it didn't happen. We've said multiple times we don't take it back. It is still something that was very fun to us a long time ago. (laughs) And we kind of ride this very thin line between, LOL, that was funny a long time ago. And also, let's not talk about it anymore. (laughs) And so I would just like to take this time to encourage everybody to just like all together with me be like, that was a fun thing that happened and now let's just all move on from it. I did post about Leah the other day and I think that there is still room to have fun with Leah Michelle because she is the person pregnant. she is. Oh. <laughs> what? I said she is pregnant. Oh, yes. Yeah, like there was there was literal news and like we had something to say about it, which kind of teeters towards more of like, hey, like that was a fun time, wasn't it? But like we are not a Leah Michelle podcast. We're not a night of show podcast contrary to popular belief we're also not a ryan murphy podcast yeah we just sometimes (laughs) really talk about him a lot (laughs) so um i hope i hope i hope that this is the last time i know it's not but this is the last time that we will have to do this and also like if you're a tiktoker like find some new content yeah that
0: was my big problem with it was not Yes, it was like, we want to leave that in the past and not get death threats anymore. But it was mostly like, make your own thing.
1: You know what? If it would have been like, hey, there was a theory that Lee Michelle couldn't read a long time ago. And here are the things that I've noticed over the past like year. I'd be like, you know what? Take it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. If someone wants to take it and like update it and modernize it and make it their own thing, fine. But this person was literally just like, saying what we said, which is, I don't know this person, so I don't know if this is why they did it, but I'm 99% sure it is. It's so just like they wanted clout.
1: Yeah. And while we're also saying that you can make a new presentation, I also ask for you not to. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I hope you understand what we mean there. The other thing that kind of got to us is that there were people in the comments that, have gotten a hold of unlisted content of ours or transcripts, transcripts that are meant. Like we've been very open since pretty early on in making the podcast that our transcripts are for people who need transcripts in order to like experience podcasts. And on one side, I'm mad that it that transcripts are being misused, and on the other side, I'm mad that or not mad, just like a little disappointed. That there are listeners who would take advantage of our content. So, like, let's but just take the beginning of this episode to just be like, hey, let's pay attention to what we're doing here.
0: I mean, honestly, I think our dedicated listeners are not the people who are doing this.
1: Oh, absolutely
0: not. We get messages from people all the time who are like, I started listening because of Leah Michelle stuff, and now I just listen because I like you guys. And that's the kind of person who isn't going to be misappropriating transcripts and posting unlisted videos and spreading around stuff that we've asked not to be spread around like our Patre- on our patreon page for a long time we've had like to be transparent we have the leah michelle video on our patreon page and we just say in the description if this gets out we will know it was the patreons and we will take this down and we will like be mad at the people who did it and no one ever has
1: yeah, it's. Bit, I feel like we have never had to be aggressive or mean or angry about the Leo stuff post the downhill <laughs> side right. of it. You're so right, and I don't want this to come across as us berating literally anybody. This is just to update you on what happened yesterday. <laughs> yeah, because also and,
0: we posted about it, and a lot of people were like, "Wait, what happened?"
1: Yeah. And honestly, the feedback that we've gotten from it was very heartwarming. And thank you for everybody that reached out. We're okay. It was not a big deal. It was just something that happened yesterday. I do also want to take this time to say that in the video that was posted, there was false information that I don't want coming back to bite us at any time. In the video, the TikToker said that the original Leah Michelle video was taken down by oh, yeah. Leah Michelle's people, which is one billion percent false
0: yeah not true at all we never even heard from leah michelle's people
1: yeah we have had no interactions with them there has been no legal action there are two reasons that that video was taken down one being a facebook live video i'm saying it so that everybody knows now (laughs) facebook live videos expire after a year period we had the opportunity to download the video before it expired and we did which is why it exists on the patreon page we put him on a Patreon page because the the onslaught of hate and death threats that we got when when it kind of went downhill came. We were like, we don't want those people being able to see the video anymore. Only the people that like have been with us and like are patrons and stuff will find this funny. We'll throw it there for them as like a thank you. But yeah, Leah Delia did talk about us on talk shows, but there was never legal action and you know what not at all we've also said that on Sirius XM we've said that in multiple episodes of the podcast when we eventually did talk to the TikToker, they were like oh I saw somebody online said that and so I took it as fact which like I understand to a point because there has been no follow-up in the media because once we went viral that was kind of it but yeah once and for all didn't happen probably is never going to happen hopefully knock on wood And like we're good, she's good and happy. I wish her nothing but the best. Contrary to popular belief, everything we did came from love, or at least some sort of love. (laughs) And yeah, so we did reach out to the TikToker. The TikToker did take the videos down. And I hope all future TikTokers follow in this TikTokers footsteps. Also, I don't understand how to use TikTok.
0: Yeah, me neither.
1: It's awful. Fix your shit, TikTok.
0: Also, speaking of the comments, there were a lot of listeners in there who in the comments were saying like, oh, this was originated by the podcast One More Thing. It's a really cool podcast. You should
1: listen. So thank you to those people. Oh, absolutely. And I'm sure, like, Jay, I'm sure that the people listening to our our quarantine episodes are friends of the podcast, like longtime listeners and stuff like that. So like, none of this is directed towards you. This is just so that it is said. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. That's all I have to say on that. <laughs>
0: to segue us into the news of the week, I have some news.
1: Well, wait. First, I just want to give a shout out to Abby Davis, whose birthday was is today, but is now yesterday because the episode comes out on Friday. Her birthday's today. She's in quarantine, obviously, in Brooklyn. She did all of the artwork for us. And I just want to say happy birthday to Abby.
0: Oh, happy birthday, Abby.
1: Okay, what were you going to say?
0: I have some news. So I was looking back at... When I was posting the episode last week, I was looking at our numbers on our hosting site, and I realized that two weeks ago now, so our third quarantine episode, was the 100th thing we've posted on iTunes.
1: That's not true. Yes, it is. It's what it says, 100th episode. Oh, yeah, I guess so. That's so weird, because I did the calculations last season, and I feel like it was well over that.
0: Well, okay, so it's the 100th thing we've posted on our hosting site. But this is the 99th, this is going to be the 99th thing on iTunes, because last week says 98 on iTunes.
1: Whoa. So
0: next week will be our 100th. Oh, because there are things that are private on the hosting site.
1: Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. That's still, wow. Wow. Congrats to you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know. I've edited a lot of stuff.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you have. You really pulled that off. So I
0: guess actually next week we can have a 100th episode celebration.
1: Oh my gosh, we should. Oh, that would be fun. That's cute. Oh, that, that, we can figure it out.
0: <laughs> yeah, we'll figure out what we're going to do.
1: <laughs> That's exciting, though.
0: So anyway, that was just something I wanted to share.
1: Okay, I'm going to ask, I, I'm going to do the first one only because it's a question and I've been thinking about it for a while. Okay. The question that I have to ask is there are countries in the world right now that are changing their blood ban from like a year or something that gay men have to be abstinent from sex in order to donate blood to three months do you know about this yeah okay my question is is the, the the response to it is kind of mixed between the uk is kind of saying that a lot of lgbt foundations and stuff like that are actually very excited about it but then a lot of people are still mad about it and are saying that they're changing it to three months and they're saying that three months is still discriminatory. And I want to know where you fall on it. Do you think that changing it to three months is still a problem or do you think yeah. that it's a good thing?
0: No, I think it's absolutely still discriminatory.
1: Interesting. Because everybody like everybody, in, is reporting on it being like, this is a great thing. This is like a huge step in the LGBT movement, stuff like that. But I'm like, okay, but if, if, if this was... Like, I can't wrap my head around why it's still three months. I do understand that that's usually like the testing period uh, that like you would go get tested in. But still, it boggles my mind that it's 2020 and people think that gay men are the only people that can contract HIV and AIDS.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And also that every gay man has HIV or AIDS.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I wanted to ask it because it confuses me because uh, I was having trouble understanding why people were excited and also like actively not at the same time. I can understand why like today that that would be like a good thing. But at the same time, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I think I feel a little bit of both. What do you mean? I think I feel that it's still discriminatory because there's no basis behind it. But at the same time, I'm like, you know, like that that's better. I mean, it is a step. It's just a really small step, in my opinion. Yeah, it's definite. Like, in my mind, I'm like, oh, yeah, cool. This isn't where that will end, even though it very well might just end there. That was just something that I was wondering about before we get into the cool stuff.
0: Well, none of my news is... Actually, only have one thing that's, like, good. Okay. I guess I'll start with Mr. Rogers. Did you hear about this? I... Did basically Francois Clemens, who played Officer Clemens on Mr. Rogers Neighborhood, which I have never seen
1: Mr. Rogers Neighborhood. Oh right. We talked about this because you didn't see the Tom Hanks movie.
0: Yeah. I have no opinion of Mr. Rogers. Except now I have a negative opinion of Mr. Rogers because apparently Officer Clemens it was is. Is he alive? Yeah, he's alive. Oh, because he just wrote a book. He's gay. And when Mr. Rogers found out, he chose, it says, he chose his career over his friend. Mr. Rogers said, someone has informed us that you are seen at the local gay bar downtown. Now, I want you to know that if you're gay, it doesn't matter to me at all. Whatever you say and do is fine with me. But if you're going to be on the show as an important member of the neighborhood, you can't be out as gay. You must do this because it threatens my dream. So, like, mm-hmm. good for him that he was fine with it as a person. But to say you must do this because it threatens my dream, first of all, sounds like he's in dream girls. Second of all, I have a problem with people who who aren't authentic in their presentation of themselves.
1: Don't right? I know that.
0: And just to say, oh, in private, I'm fine with gay people, but, like, publicly, I'm going to stay with popular opinion, you know, makes me really annoyed, especially because he had such a huge platform that he could have done an episode about, like, oh, Officer Clemens is gay, and that's fine, children, you know?
1: hmm I have weirdly a complicated opinion on it which I guess I'm the king of complicated opinions today at least I 1 billion percent agree with everything that you just said and I don't want to take any of that away I do want to shed light on that I can understand how somebody in his position in the mid 60s being somebody who was like Trying to educate people on racism and wealth and like all of the other things that they talk about in Mister Rogers' Neighborhood to children, I can understand how he was not willing to compromise those lessons for one of the cast members when it's his face on the line in that time period. Like I can, I can like see the producers being like, "You gotta fix this, or we're gonna pull the plug." But at the same time, I like fully agree with you. I wish that that time period would have been a time where he could have been like, oh my gosh, I want to like make a whole episode about this. Like, have you seen the episode with the pool? I've never seen any of it. Okay. So there's a really famous episode where he like teaches everybody about segregating where like him and his friend, who I think is the same person we're talking about, there's like a little kiddie pool and they both put their feet in it. and mr rogers is like this is okay this is my friend we're in a pool we're having fun and he's like trying to get that idea across to the children watching the show so i hope i'm making sense in that like i can understand why that happened it is upsetting that it happened does that make sense
0: yeah i disagree but it makes sense
1: yeah but you're right like i wish that that could have been part of his legacy
0: especially because he's known as like the kindness person
1: yeah america's dad which is like why Tom Hanks played him,
0: yeah. It feels like at least in my opinion, it feels
1: like he could have taken it a step farther and been pro-gay. But I mean, yeah, because you could take it a step further and be like, in that time period, like that's when my parents were like watching Mr. Rogers, not saying that my parents are homophobic because Mr. Rogers didn't tell them not to be. <laughs> and also not saying that my parents are homophobic. But, like, that generation of people would have been exposed to something that they actively were not exposed to at the time. Yeah. Anyway, next. Well, it's not only Abby's birthday this week. It's also Leslie Jordan's birthday this week. Okay. And I I think it's time we talk about his Instagram. (laughs) Okay. I love it. And he has merch coming out, and I might buy some.
0: (laughs) He has merch coming
1: out? Yes, because, okay, so he got, okay, so Leslie Jordan, who we all know from, like, Will and Grace. Every TV, yeah like every tv show ever done he's like guest star on but yeah most famously will and grace and he has been posting videos every day during quarantine he's quarantined by himself which is super sad i wish that i could go quarantine with him because he seems like fun and he posted the other day that people were taking the things that he was saying in his posts and making merch out of it and selling it for to make money and so he was like that's bullshit and they also weren't spelling y'all right so he was mad about that <laughs> so he has created his own merch And then we'll be selling it and the proceeds will be going to charities. I guess that's something to look out for. But also, like, if you just want to laugh about quarantine, like, go follow Lizzie Jordan on Instagram. He also has been telling stories about, like, his life offset in a lot of the things that he's worked on in the past. And they've been very funny.
0: Yeah, I like it. It's a lot of fun.
1: So also, Will and Grace ended. Oh, right. (laughs) I love that reaction for you.
0: Yeah, I mean, I publicly have said I don't watch it anymore, so...
1: Yeah. Do you know how it ended? No. I wish that the way that they ended the show had been what this whole reboot had was about. Without, like, you know, going into the episode or the season or anything like that. Will and Grace essentially move out of New York, and they move into a house upstate where they're going to raise their children together, and Grace ends up being single, And Will ends up with Matt Bomer at the tail, tail end. Like, the three of them and their unborn children just, like, move up to a house together. And I was like, if that's where we were going to end up. Like, if you were making the reboot being like, that's where I want to go. I feel like they just trashed the rest of the reboot and wasted what could have been really hard. Because I will say the last two or three episodes were more fun and emotional than the rest of the reboot because they weren't trying to be overly political, they weren't trying to harp on the original series too much, they weren't they weren't like trying to do Will and Grace. They just were trying to like give the fans an emotional ending and they still were able to work in like a last moment for Leslie Jordan and many driver is in the finale and there's references to Stan and it just like was a very nice Ending. Oh, and Karen and Stan like end up back together again. She ends up like getting everything that she's ever wanted. And Jack ends up premiering on Broadway from like a very weird sitcom series of events. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, and so it was just kind of like that, like, I feel like in the original series finale, even though it is perfect, there's still a lot that you missed. And I was like, wow, I am glad that I did get to see Jack on Broadway. And then I got to see these things. But I wish that that's what would have that that was what was set from Jump.
0: Yeah, because the reason I stopped watching is because it was
1: just too much. They were trying yeah. way too hard. Yeah. And this was I, w- I was very happy with how it ended. And I'm glad that I didn't leave with like a bad taste in my mouth. And then there was a special after the finale that was hosted by Eric McCormick and McCormack. McCormick. I don't know. It was literally just 30 minutes of the best Will and Grace moments. Oh, and I like that. Yeah, I loved it. It was really, it was really wonderful. And then every time I cut to commercial, I was like, wow, I can't wait for like interviews or something to happen next. And it would come back and it would just be more clips. <laughs> and, and it was from the whole thing, like the original series and the reboot. It, w- it was really nice
0: that's like what the bachelor is doing this summer
1: i saw that and i don't know if i'm gonna watch it or not
0: i'm not it's just a I, clip
1: show. I i didn't see enough of the older seasons to care i feel like the bachelor is one of those it's like american idol where if you didn't watch the season you don't care who won and so i'm like i i don't need to rewatch the last you know six seasons or whatever it was that i've seen i have four things left i have three so why don't you go first Okay. The Politician is coming back in June. Did you watch The Politician? Nope. Okay. So The Politician is one of Ryan Murphy's shows with Netflix. I'm sure everybody knows that it exists. It stars Ben Platt, blah, blah, blah. It is the closest Ryan Murphy I think has ever come to doing a new Glee in that there's music and the plots are like batshit crazy. The reason that I'm bringing this up is because I'm actually very excited about season two. Did I talk to you about how season one ended? Yeah. So I'm I'm actually very excited for season two because season two is supposedly going to heavily feature Bette Midler and Judith Light. And while I do have issues with Bette Midler on Twitter, I'm still very excited to see the two of them in like a full length season on Netflix. Just like being themselves. Because I think if there's one thing Ryan Murphy can do right, it's do a good pilot. But also, it's showcase a certain generation of women.
0: Oh, definitely.
1: So I'm very excited to see like what kind of like insane antics the two of them get up to.
0: So I have two things that happened on Twitter this week. Oh. And both are corporate... Not corporations... But organizations making absolute fools of themselves. So, <laughs> okay. So, the first is you probably didn't hear about what happened with After Ellen, did you? No. So, After Ellen is a news, quote unquote, news website for quote unquote queer women.
1: Oh, I get it. After Ellen, got it.
0: Yeah. And this week, they showed their ass. And I guess their social media manager went on a rant on their Twitter, basically being like, trans women are not women. Bas- basically this this like turfy argument that comes up a lot. That's like also, also, sorry, trigger warning on all of this um, for our trans listeners. But basically they were like, you know what? I'm not going to say what they said, but because it's very, it's harmful and it's triggering, but basically just the argument that lesbians, being a lesbian means that you are interested in a certain kind of anatomy, and trans women who do not have that anatomy, therefore, are not allowed to be lesbians, and lesbians are not allowed to be with that kind of woman, that kind of woman, be with, it's, it's hard to explain. Do you understand what I'm saying?
1: No, yeah, I do. That's insane to me.
0: And they basically were like, just know readers, that real lesbians don't have that kind of opinion and like that you're not alone if you hate trans women and like you you have a safe place at After Ellen. And most people were like, Okay, fuck after Ellen the end but some people who follow them were like hell yeah which is horrid and everyone I know has blocked them or been blocked by them but basically they no one ever was like oops our social media manager said some stuff we didn't
1: agree with it was just like yep we that's what we we said we said correct me if I'm wrong because this is kind of an, an intense statement I'm about to make but I feel like this is kind of something that happens a lot in the lesbian community am I right Um, Not necessarily with this case specifically, but I feel like I've heard a lot over the course of doing this podcast of being like, there's a certain group of, of lesbian women that have gotten together and decided that these are the rules. Yes. Why why do you think that that's so prominent in the lesbian community and not as prominent in the other communities? It's so it's so weird to me.
0: Well, I mean, I think it's a lot of internalized, not internalized, it's, it's just outright transphobia. I wouldn't say it's more prevalent in the lesbian community than in other communities, because there's a lot of like, in the LGBTQ plus community in general, there's a lot of like, policing of bisexuality and oh for sure always when it happens in lesbian communities that something like this happens it's always under the guise of feminism and being like well we're rejecting the man and not accepting that like in this situation there is no man like it's it's women it's only women and it's just women who happen to have different anatomy than other women
1: interesting that's it it's it's weird because it's so harmful from a community that has known harm for so long which I just don't which I don't I can't process
0: yeah I mean well what it is is it's just like plain and simple transphobia
1: yeah which I guess is why we uh, I feel like as a community have been pushing trans visibility harder in the last two three years than I've seen in the recent past yeah am I wrong No, I think you're right. Like, I feel like maybe when we started the podcast, I was like, oh, I think that trans visibility is like kind of okay. And then, or that, that like, we're at a good spot right now. And then was proved drastically wrong. (laughs) And then I feel like, I mean, not to say with the help of Pose, but like literally with the help of Pose and all of the trans organizations and all of the trans actresses that are coming forward and doing, and, and are booking jobs and getting more projects and like climbing ladders and all that stuff. It's really helping. So, I don't know. It, that's so hurtful. And I'm so sorry to anybody that heard that and was hurt by it. Yeah. I guess on a happier note, we can talk about uh, Grace Helen Whitener. I don't know who that is. Well, hell, am I about to rock your boat?
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> I don't know why I worded it like that. Yeah,
0: I didn't um, like that.
1: So, so Grace, Grace Helen Whitener is a black gay, female, disabled, immigrant judge who okay. has just been appointed to the Washington State Supreme Court. Wow. Good for them. Yeah. Her? Um, what, what her. are Her. Good for her. Her. Yeah, she, her. And this is what she had to say about it. I try to make sure that everyone that comes into this courtroom feels welcome, feels safe, and feels like they are getting a fair hearing. She also said that in Washington State, there is a limited number of judges of color and that it's not reflective of the population that it serves. One core canon of our judicial system is is confidence building it into our community. So basically, she's like, I'm hoping that because I exist, people will feel, feel safer. She says, I believe as a marginalized individual, being a black gay, female immigrant, disabled judge, that my perspective is a little different. <laughs> So love her. Can't wait to see what she does. And g- Grace, come on the podcast.
0: <laughs> that would be awesome. I would love to have her on the podcast. Yeah. Should I say my second Twitter story now? Yes. Okay. This one is ridiculous. Oh, no. So have you heard of the web? Is it a website? Let me see what they are. Oh, their account has been suspended. Wait, that can't be true. Wait, this. Hold on. They were so big on Twitter yesterday. Oh, okay, okay. They literally deleted their account. I don't know whether it's a company or a newsletter or whatever, but it, it's this place called Bynet. Capital B, capital N, so Binet. But it's all one word. Mm-hmm. And a couple days ago on Twitter, <laughs> they decided that they invented the buy flag and so everyone who has ever used it has to pay them.
1: Huh. <laughs> Did they? I don't I don't know because they deleted their account. Oh yeah, and they were asking my oh wow. Did you Google it? Yeah.
0: So they say the copyright of the flag is solely by USAs. It does not belong to any one founder and no founder can approve its use without the president well okay, this doesn't actually matter. So if you're using the Bi pride colors or any ByNet USA work, please remove them from your website before we send a, le- a legal letter advising same. Current members of the Binet Collective and their associated organizations are otherwise welcome to use to the
1: use of the flag. I have a question. Yes. Go for it. And I want to take art out of it. Okay. Can you do that? Like, is somebody, is Betsy Ross, like, collecting residuals from making the, the American flag? The American flag is public domain. So like, is, is the pride flag? No. Interesting. So if it's but, a country or something like that, it belongs to everybody because so does the country. But if it's for an organization or for a group of people and it was created for that reason, then it's owned.
0: No, not necessarily. The American flag is public domain because it's been around since 1775. Mm-hmm. Or I guess this version of the flag has not been, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, I mean I don't understand public domain law. The right, like the rights to the flag, have expired. Mm. And so, either for countries, the rights to the flags have either expired if they're like long-term flags, or they've been waived. Or they haven't. Like, it depends on the country.
1: Interesting. There's also, there's been an update. Oh, there has? Twitter users have dunked up the 2018 tweet from Binet USA that cast doubt on the group's claim to the ownership of the flag. In the tweet celebrating 20 years of the bisexual pride flag, the group says that flag creator Michael Page said that it, quote, officially belongs to the entire bisexual community. Oh. Michael told at The Faith, I don't know who that is, that the flag officially belongs to the entire bisexual community and intentionally was launched to provide bisexual plus people a sign we could all call home. So basically they're idiots. Huh. Love people just trying to make a book during, a, uh, during an epidemic.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they're like a small organization that needs money, but there are better ways of going
1: about it than this absolutely oh my gosh okay have you seen the trailer for Betty yeah what do you think I think it's fine interesting I think I'm gonna watch the first episode oh that's high praise so Betty is a new show coming to HBO that at first I was like this doesn't seem like my thing because it seems to be about just like a group of teenage girls in New York who skateboard and, yeah. the, and the show supposed to be just, like, about the world of, like, female skateboarding and, like, New York. But then, and I didn't watch the trailer. And then last night I was like, oh, whatever, I guess I'll watch the trailer. And then realized that there are two lesbian couples in it. And was like, yeah. oh. And then at the end of the trailer, I was like, I think I really like the filmmaking. Because the filmmaking looks very realistic. Like, it looks like it was a project that somebody put together. It doesn't look like a fully funded HBO, like, thing. Does that does that make sense? Like, it looks a little more indie than what I'm used to seeing from HBO. Yeah. So I, I think I'm going to test it out. So I will be back at some point after it airs with my opinion on Betty. Great.
0: <laughs> so last for me, do you know who J. August Richards is?
1: Can't say that I do.
0: Well, he is a black man who came out this week. And he was on Angel and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.
1: Yes, 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 yes.
0: And he's on a new show that I think has the funniest title of all time, which is Council of Dads.
1: <laughs> oh.
0: Where he plays a black gay man and father. Mm -hmm. on an instagram live with one of his co-stars on council of dads he said i knew that i could not portray this gay man honestly without letting you all know that i'm a gay man myself which i think is a very
1: chill way to come out yeah that's especially with somebody that has like a huge fan base from all of the work they've ever done yeah (laughs) i good 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 for him
0: just to casually on instagram live be like oh yeah by the way i'm gay let's see how many followers he
1: has Britney Spears casually burned down her gym so that's true (laughs) he
0: has 55,000
1: Instagram followers wow same oh no I'm sorry I have 55,001 oh okay (laughs) so it looks like I'm just a little more famous wow congrats (laughs) my last thing to talk about before we get into the stuff that we watched this week is also something that I watched this week (laughs) Okay, but I think I just need to publicly announce my feeling about it. This week, or I guess the end of last week, we were witness to Celebrity Drag Race.
0: Oh yes, which we've talked about on the
1: podcast. I have now seen it, and I witnessed all three and a half hours of Drag Race that are we're now going to watch Jesus every night.
0: Jesus Christ!
1: I've just I've decided how I'm going to do it. I'm going to watch three hours. And then I'm going to save the last half hour for a different day. Because in that last half hour, I was like struggling to stay awake. I also don't know. Uh, how about you? Like, I, I feel like I'm waking up earlier and earlier every day. I mean, you know that I woke up at noon today. <laughs> That's true. But hey, the other day you woke up at like two. So like. That's true. The guest stars were Riverdale's Jordan Connor, Jermaine Fowler, and Nico Tortorella. And I got to say, I cried. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. There was just, there were two things that happened in it that made me cry. And I promise I won't talk about celebrity drag race every week. But I think these two things were actually very interesting. One of them was, so Jermaine, when he got put into his makeup, he like looked in the mirror and started getting really emotional. And he talked about how his mom had recently died And he was like, I look like my mom. And it's the first time I've seen her since she died. And it like gave him all of this confidence and power. And then he ended up doing really well in the episode and it wrecked me. And then his friend, sister, I can't remember, like walks in and sees him and immediately is like, I thought it was your mom. And yeah, it like it kind of like got to me a little bit and I I got a a little emotional. And at the end of the episode, the episode ended up, spoiler, being won by Jordan Connor, who is from Riverdale. And he, at the end, was just talking about in his winning speech about how much he feels like he's changed just in the two days that they were filming. He literally said, I think that everybody should do drag at least once in their life because it's changed mine. And Trixie started crying, and it you could just like tell from the way that he was standing and the way that he was presenting himself after he won that it actually had changed a lot of how his perspective on the gay community and the drag like following. And it it was it was just like such a genuine moment that I cried.
0: Aww, I like that.
1: So if that is what Celebrity Drag Race does every week in the four or whatever weeks that they're doing it bring it on I'm here for it so now let's talk about we're here yes so I watched it and also my mom watched it oh that's great I gotta say I cried through most of it (laughs) really I didn't cry at all it is also not what I expected it to be. In what way? Well, when we were talking about it before, I was like, I think that they go to the town and then just pull, like, three bigoted people and, like, teach them about drag, and then they change their life. And that is not what happened. Yeah, I guess. Maybe it's something they'll do at some point, but um, it it seems to not be the intention of the show. Where yeah, I guess I, it's three accepting people. Yeah, so it's Eureka, Bob, and... Shangela yeah and they're all the premiere was them in Gettysburg and they are each paired with a person and they put on like a drag show at the end of it at the end of the episode and like the whole town is invited to it and the they're like I don't know what to call them I'm just gonna call them clients Um, but their clients like perform and learn life lessons and stuff like that where I cried is I truly did not think the woman's daughter was going to show up. Oh, me too. When it showed her in the kitchen being like, uh, Carolyn or whatever her name was, can do and say whatever she wants, but it doesn't change anything. I like, I know a lot of people that are like that with their parents. And I truly believed her and was like, when you are in that position with your parents, there kind of is no going back. Even though, morally like you're supposed to and I was like wow I guess that's just how it's going to end and then when she showed up I I was so emotional and then when the mom took the like stained glass jacket off and was wearing the rainbow dress that that had like the saying apologizing to her daughter on it I was like so overwhelmed
0: I liked that the daughter came obviously I know it's not scripted but I I I liked that the daughter came, but I also liked that we didn't get like a reunion between them because that was way
1: more realistic. Yes. I also liked what the mom said afterwards. So the, so for anybody that did not watch, one of the moms that is one of the clients – has not been in communication with or her daughter has not been in communication with her because her daughter came out as bi and the mom was very much not accepting and is very much a religious woman not saying that that's a bad thing but used that against her daughter and the daughter went to go live with her dad and they have not been talking and since the mom has sort of like come to light and is working with PFLAG and doing all these outs like out uh, from an outsiders perspective wonderful things and, but still does not have a relationship with her daughter and does the show in hopes to do that. And her speech at the end of the episode, where she was like, I will never be able to give the kindness back that I have received from the community. Yeah. Uh, I was, uh, that I like lost it.
0: It was a really interesting story because we don't often see in media parents who have a bad reaction and then a bad reaction to their child coming out and then like pivot and fix it. And when we do see that, we always see the child being like, hooray. And so I thought it was really interesting to see the daughter saying no and seeing the daughter genuinely conflicted about her mom instead of just being like, oh, she's good now, great.
1: Yeah, I would be curious to find out what has happened since the recording because you can definitely tell that the daughter was affected by what happened yeah. i am not in a position to tell her how to feel or what she should feel and obviously do not know the full scope of what happened but like i'm glad that she was at least moved to some degree by what was happening and what her mom did because there are a lot of parents out there that would not be doing those things yeah and and you're right i also feel like the other situation that we tend to find is parents that do turn and start doing all of these wonderful things, but only after something very tragic has happened to their child. Like, have you ever seen Prayers for Bobby? Yeah. Like, something along those lines. And so it it was uncomfortably refreshing to see a story like that on TV.
0: Yes, agreed. And again, I know that it's not scripted. Like, it's a documentary, but that's still a
1: refreshing story. Yeah. And I love that reality series like this and like even with documentary stuff, there's still a lot of like, hey, you should probably do this because it would be good for the through line. And I won't say that there's not that in the show, but when they do that, it's very clear that that's what they're doing. Like when yeah. they are all dancing around and when they're just like having fun. It's like very clear that that's, that was the goal, but it would have been very easy for those producers to go to the daughter and be like, Hey, we need to like do some stuff with you and your mom. And I'm, yeah. I'm glad that they respected their situation enough to not do that. Definitely. And I, and I do think it was more powerful that way. I'm really excited for the rest of the season.
0: Yeah. I probably won't watch it because I don't have HBO, but.
1: That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> My mom also really liked it.
0: I'm glad.
1: I thought that it was very interesting that this week we saw a non-binary drag queen and a cis woman drag queen.
0: Who was non-binary?
1: Nico. Wow. Look, who's forgetting who's non-binary now?
0: Oh, I thought you meant in We're Here.
1: Oh, I just mean like in the week in general. Oh. And something crazy that happened on Celebrity Drag Race is when they do talk about Nico's non-binary identity They then have to like stop and explain it. Somebody said something on social media and I wish I could remember who it was so I can quote it. But they were like, has the demographic for drag race changed? Like drag race used to be something that was made by and for queer people. And now it's more educating than anything. And I was like, I think you're right, but I can't say that it's better or worse. Yeah. And you know what? If somebody learned how to use they them... Because Nico was on Drag Race, great.
0: Yeah, then, then good for them being Nico and them being the person you learned.
1: Yeah, and I hope that because of Nico and sort of also the mom that did Dragon We're Here, that we'll start to see that on Drag Race in some form. And I, yeah, without saying too much about Rue.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. So That's then the A
0: Secret Love...
1: Let's talk about it non-spoiler first, because it did come out yesterday.
0: <laughs> meaning Wednesday or meaning Thursday?
1: Sorry, meaning Wednesday. Oh. But I'm going to let you take the lead on it.
0: I didn't like it.
1: Interesting. I loved it.
0: I mean, I didn't dislike it. I just wasn't deeply moved by it. I was moved at the end, but it, was, it just wasn't what I thought it was going to be, and it wasn't what I wanted it to be. I thought it was going to be more about the history of their relationship and not about their relationship now. And I just wasn't really interested in their relationship now. I am interested in their relationship now. I'm not saying I was like, fuck this. But I wanted to know more about, like, we don't really have a lot of depictions of being queer in the 30s and in the 40s. And I wanted to know more about the League of Their Own team. And I wanted to know more about Pat's backstory It just, for me, was too focused on the present and was too much about, like, how do you deal with an elderly relative and not about, like, here's this couple.
1: Interesting. I recognized all of those things, but I liked it for that. I do agree with you in that I think the more interesting parts of it were when they were digging through their old stuff, being like, here's pictures of us when we were together and here's how we had to, like... Do things and sneak around and the the when when Pat reads the poem that she wrote Terry yeah like all of all of that stuff was definitely more interesting than just the rest of it being like where should we spend the rest of our yeah, life yeah then be like
0: should we move back to Canada or should we stay in Chicago or should we go to this place yeah or go to Florida and I was like I don't care just
1: go somewhere it like it almost seemed like a sequel to a documentary that we hadn't seen yet but. How I took it was more like, I feel like we don't get a lot of depictions of elderly queer couples. And so I actually liked seeing them more in the present than in the past. It made when they showed them in the past and especially towards the end when they start doing like the montages and stuff, uh, it made me appreciate those moments more seeing where they eventually ended up and that they are like happily together and that everything's okay. And like all of the, of the, the little parts of it where... Like, when they're getting married and it, like, zooms in on their hands being held, but they're still kind of, like, down and away from everybody. They're not, like, together, like, up on somebody's lap or something like that. I, I like, really appreciated seeing an older gay couple. That is kind of what influenced my, opinion, my like, emotions towards it.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree that I think it's interesting seeing an older gay couple and that it's, it's like, very cool to see that because we don't see that a lot. I think I wish if they were going to show us an older gay couple, they showed us like the gay parts of that because they could have been any couple when they were like, should we move here? Or should we stay there? And then the whole thing about like, Oh, Diane doesn't like Pat and Pat like likes Diane or does she? But there was like that little part where they're going to the nursing home and the nursing home woman says like, Oh, well, we've never had any same sex couples before. And The couples and Pat is like, well, we're together or one of them is like, well, we're together. And she's like, oh, that's great. I wanted to see more of like, what is it like trying to get a same sex couple into a nursing home in like in 2020 or whenever? I guess it was 2018 when they were doing that. And like, what is it like for an older couple to be gay and not just for an older couple to exist?
1: Yeah, I really liked the there was a part really early on when Pat was on the phone with one of Terry's doctors and was like, oh, yeah, it's her cousin. Yeah, it was just it was so effortless for her to say that the little like details of that was definitely what hit harder as opposed to the rest of the documentary. It is, however, the second documentary where somebody who I thought would be a hero was actually a villain. Oh, Diane. Yes, Diane was was the equivalent of the mom from Circus of Books for me. Definitely. I could not believe her. And it's also like I went through a very similar situation with that, not with an elderly gay couple, but with my great-grandparents and stuff. And so I, like, know that woman. And, I have, like, when she was like, I have to do an intervention, I was like, you don't. You don't. Yeah,
0: I said aloud to the screen, just let them do what they want.
1: And it's not like they ever were like, Pat is neglectful.
0: Yeah. She Um, even said like Pat treats Terry like the world.
1: Yeah. And I thought that it was ridiculous that Diane was penalizing their relationship in order to get what Terry wanted and never consider what Pat wanted. Because this is a terrible thing to say. And I don't mean it as such. But even just looking at them, you could kind of feel that Pat would outlive Terry. Um, Oh, yeah.
0: Because Pat's way younger than Terry.
1: Yeah, and I was like, this isn't just where they're going to end up living. It's also where Pat will live after Terry's gone. So, like, it's kind of more Pat's decision than it is Terry's. Yeah. I thought it was ridiculous. Then I was like, of course you think that Pat hates you because you treat her like shit. I was so yeah. mad at Ryan through the whole thing. And then, mm-hmm. like, during the wedding, for her to be, like, so wonderful and, like, supportive, where at the be- the documentary literally starts with her being, like... I love Terry and only Terry. Yeah. I do think that it was very healthy of her to go to Pat and be like, I feel like you don't actually, that your feelings toward me are not genuine. I feel like that's a thing that should have happened, and I'm glad that it did. But I don't feel like it changed anything. Um, I also
0: think that should have happened 20 years ago.
1: Oh, absolutely. Also, like, is Diane okay? Like, does she have a life?
0: She had that little kid, remember?
1: Oh, yeah. Diane, if you listen to the podcast, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I just could not believe the intervention scene when she's like, I will never, ever, 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 ever put Terry at risk. I was like, how are you going to turn around and say that to somebody that's been with Terry for 65 years? Yeah. With the whole tremor situation, like doesn't really get into like their medical history or background or anything like that. But like, even with the tremor, I was like, it's not Pat's fault that she has a tremor. It's not Pat's fault that none of the medication is working. It's not like we they literally show. Pat talking to the doctors about the tremor, I was like, I don't it made I Diane infuriated me, which yeah. made me even that much more upset when at the at the end of the documentary. Yeah. I cannot tell you how upset I was when it cut to at the very, very end when it was like Terry died and Pat is still alive. Oh, I wept. Absolutely. I was like, it's either gonna end with just like and then they moved to Canada and that's where we're going to leave their love story or it's going to be like, and now they're dead <laughs> and you can kind of feel it coming in the last, I'd say like 20 minutes. Oh yeah. And when the montage started, I was like, here it comes, here it comes. And when it happened, I, I had that since sensei- I like got full body chills was like, I knew this was coming, but I'm still not prepared for it. And then just started crying.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely.
1: And you know what? I think I'm mostly upset that we just can't have Terry on the podcast it would be amazing
0: if we had the two of them on the podcast together.
1: Also, we talked about it last week, but I, I still want to say again that I am very happy that this is what is coming out of Ryan Murphy's Netflix deal. Yeah. Also, I loved that Terry just carries signed baseball cards around with her.
0: Would <laughs> you just pull them out of her wallet? I was,
1: and she's like, they make people very happy. <laughs> I definitely would have loved one. Yeah, I want one. I also do have a question. Did Pat play as well? Because they only reference that Terry got drafted into the Red Wing.
0: I don't think Pat played as well.
1: Well, then it like shows them using. I I like couldn't tell because they talk about her, pl- like both of them playing softball, but it doesn't sound like she actually was professionally playing softball. It sounds like she was professionally maybe playing hockey.
0: Yes, because she says she followed terry's team which she wouldn't have done if she was playing
1: gotcha or when they're in the retirement community they're like drinking out of glasses that have the the red wing logo on it and like say all american blah 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 and i was like wait did they both play (laughs) and
0: pat wears league of their own shirts sometimes
1: yeah I i was i was a little i was a little thrown but i guess when you love somebody that deeply for so long and it was so much a part of both of their lives that you like are a part of the team at that point. One of the things that I thought was crazy is towards the beginning when she's talking about when Terry's talking about her time with the baseball league and she's like, you know, one day my friend came to me and was like, you got to watch out because some of these girls like to sleep with the other girls. And Terry's like, I've never heard of someone that would do something like that and how they like boarded up their door and like moved the dresser in front of it. So that like, the lesbians wouldn't come in and try to do something and then she's like and then i fell in love with a woman (laughs) yeah i also want to know more about the night that they met they talk about when they met but they don't totally go into like how their relationship started
0: yeah exactly that's what i wanted to know more of
1: i almost this is a terrible thing to say but i almost wish that it was a docu-series so that we had like a little bit more time
0: (laughs) you and your docu-series
1: I love it. I, I think that they're so great because then you, you can really spend the time on the little details. Maybe yeah. we would have known that maybe. Terry, that Pat didn't actually play. <laughs> <laughs> I did a nice time watching it and I hope that, um, you know, maybe some little, little lesbian girl somewhere is watching Netflix and just stumbles upon it. Yeah. I also am gonna rewatch *A League of Their Own. <laughs> I pu- I put it on my computer and was like, I gotta I gotta rewatch it. How old okay. is Pat now?
0: How old is Pat?
1: Um, I have no idea. Pat and Terry, age a secret, love. The two women met in 1947. Terry was 22. Okay, but how old was Pat?
0: Pat was 18 when they
1: met. Okay, so Pat was 18 in 1947. She's 91. Oh my gosh, where is Pat Herschel now? Oh wow, their relationship lasted 72 years.
0: Yeah, that makes sense, 1947 to 2019.
1: She still misses Illinois, and now she is at an assisted living facility in Edmonton. There you go. And she's 91. Wow. I told you. Oh, yeah, no, I'm just registering. I mean, she looks great for 91, gotta say.
0: Okay, we need to wrap this up. Yeah. So next week, obviously... Oh, wait. Okay.
1: Wait, she said, Terry would be surprised and pleased and happy to know that this is happening. She'd say, I'm glad I was a part of this.
0: That's nice. So next week, obviously, we're going to watch the half of it. Yes. Is there anything else we want listeners to watch?
1: I think as an assignment, the half of it is good. But also, if you haven't seen Never Have I Ever, I've heard that it's very good. I'm starting it during my move. I have not actually watched it yet. I've only seen clips of it, but it looks very cute. And one of my friends from back home was like, I just watched the whole thing and it was adorable.
0: Oh, okay. I've heard nothing about it except that it has a gay plot line.
1: Also, ju- just one last note on Diane. Okay. Diane says, we have become so close. Who would have thought that after all the fights that we've had, anti Pat? Question mark It's a wonderful love affair. If you want to know the truth. Mm, sure, Diane. Yeah, I think she saw the documentary and was like, "Oh shit." <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I guess we'll I'll talk to you next week when we have both watched the half of it.
0: Yeah, and so we'll all have, so will all of our listeners have.
1: Oh my gosh! Wait, and everybody oh else has to watch. Everybody has to watch Hollywood.
0: Yeah, but that's going to take people longer than one week, I feel
1: like. Oh, yeah. Seven hours of television. That's very true. And we're
0: also not going to talk about it on the podcast. We're only going to talk about it on Patreon. So, which is a great segue to say you can subscribe to our Patreon page (laughs) at patreon.com slash one more thing.
1: And I guess we'll talk to you next week. Great.
0: Bye. Bye.